0: But what we have is us. could
1: you know? could you know?
2: I was no. I was on mute. Did yourself.
3: You were muted to
1: sneeze. Not
2: Yay. so Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you know what i is? I've, I've got, I've got, I've got. My, my fingers slipped because I, I had it ready to talk, but it was coming, so I've got <laughs> <and it stopped laughs> on a sneeze and stopped straight away. So, so there's no silence. <coughs> Sorry, so
0: there me, was yeah. no silence. So don't, I feel like... don't worry, there was no silence.
2: <laughs> well, I know, you got, I got my timing wrong. I went too early, but I thought... Oh, he I even brought okay.
0: the mic in closer for <laughs> <him>. <laughs> Yeah. He cut unmuted, out, cut out.
3: moved his mic closer, sneezed, and then went, oh, that was a mistake.
1: Mute.
2: <laughs> I got it. I I got the timing completely wrong. I honestly thought, yeah, that. <laughs> like, for like half a second before you lot reacted, I thought, well, I've got to spot on here and I'm about to start talking, and all you lot just started crying, and I was like, oh, well then. I forgot what I was going to
3: say. I have no <laughs> oh, idea. Dear. No idea. Um, oh, I, oh, oh, yeah, that's. that's-
4: Goodman, and you're listening
1: to the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is John Milander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to Formula
3: Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Brophy, you're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! everybody and welcome back to the cut to the race news roundup show the weekly show covering the news views and opinions from the f1 world brought to you by the formula nerds news team it is a very full panel today i'm joined as always by charlotte and jay how are you
2: i'm good Dan. i'm good i mean i feel like i've been missing for a few weeks so i'm thrilled to be
3: back with my favorite people thrilled to have you back charlotte you all right
1: yeah, I'm all right, Dan. I'm all right. I've got over in, uh the Russian Grand Prix. Uh, looking forward to Turkey and uh, today's podcast.
3: Well, let's hope Lando learns to pit for intermediates when it starts raining. Right.
1: Let's let's not start this.
3: And we are joined by Matt making his news roundup debut.
0: Hello. How you doing? I, you know, I just figure it's been so long since I've done a podcast. I would just come crash this one. But uh, also, we have a lot to talk about. And there's a couple tasty tidbits that I thought I'd jump in on. Well,
3: we are thrilled that you've jumped in because all the better for us. It's a lot of news. There's a lot of news. We haven't had a new show for a long time. Of course, we're not going to go back like a month because it's not really news anymore. But the recent news starts with the fact that Qatar has joined the calendar. The race will be on November the 21st. Lots of MotoGP there in the past. New for F1. Jay, you're a bit of a a track nerd, as you've called yourself. What, What are your thoughts on it?
2: You know what right if this is an, an, a necessity and it's the only track that would actually be willing to host Formula One at short notice and obviously regarding COVID and all of that then I'm not mad I can understand that but if it isn't and they've chosen Qatar for some kind of financial benefit or anything like that when there are so many better tracks in Asia and obviously I mean there's so many better tracks in Europe but I guess in November it might be a bit too late for any more European races but I'm thinking Korea, I'm thinking India, I'm thinking Sepang in Malaysia. There's so much better, even ones that F1's never been to, even in the Middle East. There's the Dubai one, which is a really cool track, lots of elevation change, overtaking opportunities. I don't know about you guys, but when you look at that Qatar circuit layout, there is nowhere to overtake for a modern F1 car. It looks awful, and it's very much a motorbike circuit. That's what it's built for, and that's what it will be. So if Formula One chose to go here. When there's other options, I think it is a disgrace. I
3: mean, we've been to motorbike there t- 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 yeah. we we've been to motorbike circuits in the past, like Mugello, for example, and the racing wasn't great. I don't know. It's here for a long time as well. We've got it this year, and then we don't have it next year because of the World Cup in Qatar, and then it's in ten years. Ten years before we've even been there.
1: Well, is it? It's not the same circuit, though, is it? Well, that's what?
3: a bit unclear, really, isn't it?
2: It's looking like they're gonna put a a street circuit in uh, in Doha. So there'll be two street races in the Middle East, probably back to back again. So obviously you obviously have Jeddah, and then you'll have uh, in Doha. I mean, that might be cool, it might be interesting. I mean, I can't really criticise something that hasn't been thought up yet. But I wanna go back to that track and Dan. I know you were saying about Mugello and that's a bike circuit, but I felt like Mugello had a bit of character. It's got elevation. It's got these crazy sweeping corners. You know what I mean? And it's in Italy, I guess, which is always kind of special. This track in Qatar, it's in the middle of a desert. I mean, I know Bahrain's in the middle of a desert, but I don't know, it's it's, it's a decent track circuit. When you look at it, it just looks like a a bit of tarmac in the middle of nowhere. It looks so desolate. I've not seen a single picture of grandstands yet. And how can you have a race without any grandstands? Like, I'm kind of confused.
0: If I remember correctly, wasn't there a report that the track this year is going to be a one-off and then they're going to focus on hosting the World Cup and then it will be moving to a new venue uh, in 2023 moving forward. So I kind of wonder if they're almost just like slapping over left bits of tarmac together to make a track, rolling out some generators and some remote lights and going, yeah, this will work, and then building a proper venue later. But my question remains, why even introduce us to this track? Why even go there if there are more, I don't want to use the word worthy, but if there are better alternatives other than exactly than just money because they're not spending a lot of money on the infrastructure of this track. It's not going to be an uh, enduring architectural design. So it's almost like they're going to slap it together haphazardly, really kind of like Brazil did with the Olympics a few years ago, just well enough to get by and then tear it down and start all over. And that just that seems wasteful, especially with the you know, environmental concerns, but also it doesn't serve us any good as fans in the grand scheme of things.
3: I've got this brilliant image now of all the marshals standing there with their iPhone torches just being like, yeah, this is the light, this way, this way. Um, but the track's still going to be there, isn't it? it just Yeah, to, be, th- just yeah, to be fair, it
2: is quite an old track. It's been around since, I think, 2004, wanna I want say. I want
3: to say four. I think.
2: It, it, it is quite an old track and MotoGP has been there for a while, so it's not a case of the sort of stitch it together for Formula One. I just think um, all the options that are there, can it not be better? Can we not do better? This is meant to be the pinnacle of motorsport. I are mean, racing on things that looks like a, a, a child would probably draw. You know what I mean? And like I, and the, the new Doha street circuit, I don't know whether I'm too keen on another street track. It feels like very much every single new circuit that gets introduced to Formula One is a street circuit. You think of Miami next year, uh, The Vietnam was meant to be last year. The only real track that I can think that's been added to the calendar might have necessity due to COVID, but it's not a street circuit, it's Zernvort. And that's the last one I can think of. And that was, and then before that, it blew in what, like India, so like years ago. So it feels like F1's sort of becoming very, very much Formula E-like in that sense. And I'm not too sure how I feel about all of this.
0: This may be a very, very poor parallel for a lot of our uh, European listeners, but the American listeners will understand. Uh, it reminds me of baseball when they first started introducing night games and playing under the lights just to maximize revenue. They're doing the same thing here by bringing in these street circuits because there's not a lot of infrastructure and startup costs because the actual road is already there. And all you have to do is block it off with some bollards and put lights on it. And I think that detracts from what F1 should be. F1 was not designed for street tracks. If you want to see street racing, you know, not knocking the series at all, watch IndyCar. But Formula One, we want to see, with the exception of Monaco, we want to see, and Baku, now that I'm backtracking, uh, but, you know, to me, that's not the the vision that I have for Formula One. It needs to be the most technically demanding and custom designed for the cars, and to have good on track action.
2: But then, do you not think maybe this is a problem f- within Formula One itself? That the fact that new countries who want to host the Grand Prix can't host it unless they put it on a street track, and countries who have like a lot of tracks uh, and the infrastructure and all of that, they can't host the, they can't pay the hosting fees, so they drop off the calendar. And it's like a never ending cycle where it seems inevitable that in the future, every single race will be a street circuit.
0: I think it's definitely going to be an issue for these host countries. But also, if you look through the history of the sport, you know, even going back to like Long Beach in the 80s, that was only motivated by money. And it was a way to circumvent building the uh, purpose intended tracks, have something built specifically for a purpose that meets the standards, not just good enough to skimp corners on the contracts to make it happen
3: regular listeners will know i'm quite a big fan of gravel but the one thing i do like about street not just the, the sorry everyone looks confused i like having gravel there because it is a barrier that means you cannot run wide otherwise you are punished the one thing i like about street tracks is that it's walls so therefore you can't run wide otherwise you are punished as long as we don't see loads of circuits like paul ricard where you can run 500 miles out wide and still get away with it i'm happy
2: but then the street tracks you're so, your hands are so tied behind your back in terms of what you can do because you have to design a circuit around the existing infrastructure. I mean, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the way sort of Middle Eastern architecture works is a lot of like wide boulevards, long streets. It's not like maybe like a European place, maybe like Monaco, where it's all tight and twisty and that's all exciting. But I just don't want to see sort of samey street circuits. Like, look at Miami, that, that track, when I've seen it, I don't feel inspired at all. That looks like. That is boring as hell, if I'm being honest. And I, even the Saudi track that's coming in basically at the end of the year looks boring as hell. If this next to Doha one's gonna be boring as hell, then, well, we're gonna see a lot of boring races, aren't we?
1: Well, just very quickly, I'm gonna play, you know, the other hand and just say that I have not really mu- many expectations with this race. Um, I'm looking at the track now, and yeah, I mean, it just looks like there's not really many overtaken opportunities. But like we've said, it's only going to be for this year hopefully so if we've just got to suffer a boring race just this year when this year has been packed with so many good races at tracks that aren't usually that exciting i'll take it i'll take one bit of a boring race i'll take
2: that yeah. maybe we're just a bit spoiled as f1 fans we just want we want all the best but like i say it's it's meant to be the best motorsport in the entire world and i think if you have the best cars the best drivers you also need the best circuits can you imagine like a premier league teams playing in your local park it doesn't really make sense you need to have everything as good as it can be for it to be considered the pinnacle so i know mean, it is just one year and it was out of necessity because no other tracks could host formula one at actual notice then i'm not angry but what i think is actually quite bizarre and i don't think many people have really noticed is that they've added qatar on as a triple header following uh mexico and brazil so mexico brazil qatar triple header and that is a lot of air miles. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't just put the Qatar one a week before Saudi Arabia and then just go to end the season. I think that's going to be very stressful on the teams to get from Mexico to Brazil, which is obviously very far itself, and then from Brazil over to the Middle East, all within
3: uh, a three-week period. That is pretty intense. There's an article out now on FormulaNerds.com. Go and check it out. Um, with a Red Bull mechanic called Dan Drury, or Senior Systems Engineer, I think he is. He put on Twitter... Just how taxing it is on the teams, and his thread on Twitter actually really gives you a good insight. Just how much these people give up. Um, yes, there's a police car outside my window. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's not arresting me, so we're all good. We can carry on. Um, but yeah, the mechanics and team personnel—that is tough. Triple headers are bad enough, let alone when it's uh, flyaway triple headers, and it's not just on the road. So I don't. I do feel bad. Do feel bad for the teams, but back to uh, Qatar quickly. I'm fairly hopeful for it because it has few similarities to Bahrain, which is a good track. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I, I have I have faith for Qatar.
1: Well, yeah, looking at it, it has very Bahraini vibes. Um Just from it looks like almost like if you want to say like a poor man's Bahrain, just with the track layout, it's really really similar. Um, and I really like Bahrain. Obviously, Bahrain has lots of overtaking opportunities and this track looks a little bit more tricky. But I guess only time will tell, like I say. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to it. Something a bit different and it's a one off. Um, and obviously, I guess if it does go well, maybe it will be a more regular thing in the street circuit, maybe put on hold. Who knows? But um, yeah, I'll, let's see what Qatar has to bring.
2: It just seems like to me a lot of a load of corners, which is perfect if you like MotoGP, GP, but for modern Formula One cars it just looks a bit too cornery. I mean the best thing about Bahrain is obviously it's got loads of long straights, plenty of plus plenty of places to create a pass where this is if you've got the main straight and then it's just corner, 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 and it's like that done. And I don't think that really suits modern racing. But like I say, I'm not gonna get to uh, you know, jump to any conclusions before I actually see it.
0: I'm going to remain a cynic and say it looks like a twisty turny DRS train, and leave the burden of proof with Formula One to surprise me. Hopefully, till then, I'm going to remain grumpy.
2: Maybe oh. we'll you here,
0: Matt. Bundle of energy to the podcast. Jeez.
3: All <laughs> right, let's move on. We've been talking about Qatar for ages. Um, Lando Norris has launched his own go kart team, which is quite nice. Back to his roots.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Lando Norris became the youngest ever world karting champion when he won the title in 2014 Um, and, you know, he wants to help the future generations. Actually, I think Fernando Alonso also has his own karting teams and uh, we know Fernando has been a bit of an inspiration to Lando when joining McLaren. Um, So the kart itself will be sporting his classic colours, which is also inspired by his idol Valentino Rossi, uh, which is going to be the blue and a luminous yellow pattern that he has on his helmets. Um, the kart will most likely debut in international competitions in 2022. And most importantly, he said he looks forward to seeing the future generations and one day hopes to race uh, drivers who have driven his car in F1 one day. So that would be great. There'll be a real full circle moment for him.
2: It's, yeah, it's good to see F1 drivers giving back to their roots. And of course, it, it costs so much money to reach F1 nowadays. It's kind of ludicrous to see you Lando doing this. I know Hamilton last year, I mean, it wasn't necessarily to do driving, but he yeah, his Hamilton commission, and he was giving loads of money to young people who wanted uh, like engineering roles. So it was really good to see those barriers to entry being removed by people who have already made it to the top of the industry.
0: Yeah, it seems to me that's one of the most wholesome bits of content to come out of F1 in a very long while for me. Uh, it's endearing to see people remind, like you say, going back to his roots, uh, nobody makes it to F1 without help. Nobody makes it to F1 without opportunities or somebody to help guide them. And I think it would be really cool to see Lando Norris. I mean, imagine having him as a mentor, as a young kid racing carts. That would be, I'd be over the moon as a 32-year-old man to do that. Now you all know how old I am. Uh, But it's just, it shows that his heart's in the right place and he is the upstanding character that we all hoped he was.
3: Do you know what, Matt? You don't look a day over 22, so thirty two is irrelevant.
2: Isn't it crazy? Because Lando is only 21, I want to say. He's yeah. as old as me, and he's doing all these amazing things for these people who are probably not much younger than him. So imagine maybe like 10, 15 years time, what he might be doing for the next generation. So it's really
0: heartwarming. It really makes me feel like I haven't done enough at this point. Thanks, Lando.
1: He and hasn't brought out his own cart. So, you know, slacking, that you're know.
0: slacking. That's <laughs> the drive I need, Charlotte. Formula <laughs> Nerds party coming at 2074. <laughs>
3: Ford, Formula Nerds, <laughs> LTD, go-kart.
0: God, we can have, like, American flags on it.
3: Oh, no, I'm outnumbered. We're definitely rocking Union Jack. Yeah, probably better. Um, no offense to our American listeners, which I've just lost every single member of, but never mind. Um, F1 have said that they're willing to change their race start times slightly to avoid weather if it looks really, really wet for that day. Matt, I know you have quite a few uh, choice words on this topic.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try and leave some of the four-letter ones out. Uh I think Do you want me little... to turn
3: the bleep machine on? Should Get I, it ready. I... Act... Okay, I'll turn the bleep machine on.
0: I feel this is almost a little too little, a little too late. Uh and it, I think it's almost a slap in the face for the fans in Belgium this year. Uh we were all clamoring about that sham of a quote unquote race. Uh, but in a way, it is also reassuring to feel like we may have had an impact on that, that the fans may have been heard. Uh, I don't think it really is going to be. Uh, anything to help those fans in particular out. But hopefully we can avoid that again in the future because all around the sport, the fans, the drivers, the teams, everybody came out and said, that was was pretty rough. That was pretty embarrassing to be a part of. So hopefully, even though it won't undo the hurt of this year, we can avoid that in the future. And yes, I understand it takes a lot of moving parts for TV scheduling and paying the promoters and all of that. But at the end of the day, the cost of doing business the right way is the way to do it. It doesn't make sense to alienate the people that allow you to do these things and put on these events by not not catering or pandering, but at least paying attention to their needs and wants. Well,
1: that's the thing. Like We know most Formula One, well, all Formula One teams and Formula One in general have really modern technology to be able to predict what's happening with the weather. And with that race and spa, it was obvious and very clear that it was going to be rain, rain, rain for that whole race on that Sunday. Um, So with that knowledge already intact, you think they could have prepared for it instead of thinking, right, it's all going to go ahead. When, you know, they woke up that morning and you could see it was just treacherous out there. And it was the same with, um, you know, FP3 in Russia last week. That was cancelled. So already maybe that was, you know, a, a learning curve from Spa. You know, they are prepared for it there, but obviously FP3 is not nowhere near as important as the race on Sunday. But yeah, I just think with the technology we have these days, it should be, it should just be run better and, you know, prepared. I think there's
0: something to be said about the scheduling here as well. Uh, We, as Jay said earlier, we have been kind of spoiled as F1 fans in that. It's almost an unannounced expectation that we want to race every week. But logistically speaking, that's a grind for the drivers, the mechanics, and the teams. So why not go throughout the entire season by doing a week-on, week-off schedule to allow the possibility for shifting to perhaps a Monday race or a Tuesday race to accommodate unforeseen circumstances? Uh, That's a very, very easy thing for me to say as a podcast host and not the person in charge of multi-million dollar contracts but I think it kind of opens that door for that should also be a consideration taken into account or you could quite easily just put
3: aside one weekend and be like if we miss a race this is the weekend we're going to have it on even if it means one less race in the season or even if it doesn't I'm surely that can't be you know I'm sat Mm, here I'm sat here hosting a podcast as well but then do you
2: but it's to say Spa and let's say yeah, there's a gap. This there's a gap this weekend when we're recording this on. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Spa's got enough for event this weekend. Um, not mistaken. So the we, we do it do at the same track, and then if you don't do it at the same track, then is it really the same? Because you can't really qualify at Spa and then race at Silverstone. You know, I mean, it's, it, it it it's it's a logistical nightmare, really and truly.
3: Yes, but uh, do you not think? The money that F1 brings, tracks would quite happily bin off. Let's say it was Silverstone that was cancelled and there was meant to be like British touring car on that day. I don't even know if that happens at Silverstone. But do you not think they'd happily bin that off and then have an F1 race? Not only but- is Dan going to alienate his American fans, he's going to alienate all the Damn. British touring car fans.
1: Yeah, that was That's- last weekend, I'm not giving no. my view. Weekend. I'm not
3: giving my view. I'm just saying, do you not think Silverstone would do that?
1: I don't know, because then once yourself again, lots in of people... Mr. Pringle's shoes. <laughs> Well, you know, lots of people would have booked that event, so then you're still cancelling them, and then you've got to reschedule them for that another day. So that's just creating more havoc than needed. And the problem is with, you know, I'd say, well, European tracks like Spa, as we're getting closer to autumn and winter, the rain probably will still be there, and you know, the weather conditions are more predict unpredictable, sorry, and colder. So. With that spa one, say even if you wanted, if we got rid of Qatar, say let's go drastic. Let's get rid of Qatar and put spa there instead for a repeat. November, like there's just no point. So it's it's just like it swings in roundabouts. It's so hard to know what to do. But surely, like we say, there's got to be something that you can do.
3: Well, what we have is us. <laughs> for- <laughs> <laughs> Could yes.
4: You know I mean? cause you know. <laughs>
2: I was no, I was did you yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you muted to sneeze. Not so Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you know what i is? I've, I've got, I've got, I've got. I've got my, my fingers slipped because I had it ready to talk, but it was coming, so I got on a sneeze <laughs> <laughs> and it stopped them straight away. So there's no silence. <coughs> sorry.
0: So <laughs> there was no silence. So no, I, I feel sorry, like <laughs> there was no silence. <laughs>
2: Well, I know you got, I got my timing wrong. I, I went too early, but I thought, oh, I
0: I, I brought guess. the mic in closer for <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yeah, cut unmuted,
3: out, cut it. Yeah, unmuted, moved his mic closer, sneezed, and then went. Oh, that was a mistake.
1: Mute. I got
2: it. I, I I got the timing completely wrong. I honestly thought, yeah, that is <laughs> like for like half a second before you lot reacted. I thought, well, I've got a spawn here, and I'm about to start talking, and then all you lot just started crying, and I was like, oh, well then.
3: I forgot what I was gonna say. I have no <laughs> oh idea. <dear>. No idea. <laughs> um, oh, f- that's what I was gonna say. I was go- oh my bleep machine's got my money's worth now. Um, I was I was gonna say that we'd make rubbish Formula One management, and then I had another point, but I've completely forgotten it now. Oh dearie me!
2: What <laughs> I was gonna say before I rudely interrupted Dan by sneezing was um. You know, like a lot of European circuits don't have floodlights, and I feel like it is inevitable that F1 might maybe look to put a midweek Grand Prix in one at one time, like a Wednesday night Champions League vibes. But you can't in Europe because obviously there's no floodlights. So
3: in terms of Spa, that's uh, that's pretty pretty slew. I'm telling you, get the marshals with their phone torches. It's the way forwards. I've had a genius idea here. Just oh. get iPhone to uh, just get Apple to boost their brightness of the phone torches slightly. Don't me.
2: you stand there for two hours if you're on up like that.
3: They just follow <laughs> and the car, yeah. It,
0: as it just go goes fast. dark
2: again, it just goes dark as soon as they go fast.
3: Yeah, or
0: just All strap a head All the going to come out looking like Jean-Claude Van Damme doing isometrics holding up a cell phone for a couple of hours. You just
3: have to guess where your pit box is, you know, just I think it's this far down the pit lane, turn in, you know, genius. Well, uh,
2: and then you do a value box and spin in the pit lane and it always hit someone.
3: Ah. Yeah, they, they do, do
0: away with the pit boards and they start doing like the old naval signaling flags with the lights for the driver's <laughs> just info to just so go past the wall.
3: <laughs> just like Morse code for when they need to pit or for whatever that flashy, what, Matt, what are you doing? Morse oh, this, code. Is just, this is descended into chaos. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Lewis Hamilton has two engines in his engine pool. That's not enough for the rest of the season. So you would have thought at some point he's going to need to take an engine penalty. I mean, Bottas has about six. So he's sorted, although he'll probably still end up taking a penalty because he needs another one, I say, in inverted commas. But where do you think Hamilton is likely to take this penalty, assuming he does take one?
2: I think it's going to be dependent on his results and Verstappen's results in the next few races. Let's say hypothetically in Turkey, Verstappen DNS, Hamilton wins. He'll be 27 points clear. I think he'll save it for like Mexico, track of long straights. Get easy to pass, or something like that, or maybe Brazil, sort of similar vibes. But I think Mercedes will try and long it out for as long as they can and wait for that gap to Verstappen to either grow naturally in terms of how much beating him, or maybe Verstappen has some kind of bad luck or he crashes or something like that. And then as soon as that happens, they'll probably look to get the engine penalty in. especially Mexico and Brazil. That's They're like the two actually. favorites.
0: Way to take my point there, Jay. I was going to bet everything everything on either coda or mexico for the time that they do Ooh,
2: that Cota. Mm, interesting
0: uh the reason being for coda is i don't want to say that's a quote-unquote track that's going to play better for red bull but it's almost you know cut your losses if there's a track that you think you may not be able to win outright we know that that car can move through traffic in lewis hamilton's hands so make sure you have that longevity to finish out the rest of the uh, season. Sorry,
3: sorry, sorry. Was that yeah, a deal against that Was that that was a do? sorry, 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 Monza, Monza, Russia. He finished 5th, Monza finished 3rd, started at the back by times. You of can't no Dan. Sorry,
1: Dan, you can't sorry. use Russia. Sorry. Monza, what was that?
0: You can't use Russia. Did he finish use fifth? Did did he finish 5th? So, score right, the points. Let's-
1: Stop.
0: Did finish he finish fifth? Yes. Was he gifted fifth? Yes. No, he seconds.
3: wasn't. Have you seen his onboards? He did some mad overtaking moves in the last few laps of that race. I'm not having right, this so protest land on my podcast. No way. Know, it took the whole
0: race to get there. But anyways, back to the But point. He, has the the, he has the whole race. He has the whole race. No, not
1: I want to hear more. This I is the last time Matt's
0: invited on this podcast. Yeah, you're, not, you're not coming back. <laughs> I'm, joking, uh, I'm joking. But for me, though, uh, I think it's going to be this balancing act of what the attributes of the track are but also the engine's longevity to the rest of the year. So it needs to be later in the schedule. Uh, I don't think we're going to see any contemplation about it at all this week. Uh, I think Jay's absolutely right on the money about that time in the schedule uh, because they're going to need something with at least the legs to get them home at the end of the season. God willing, this championship fight goes that long.
3: Matt, you're going to Cota.
1: Yeah, I was going
3: oh. <laughs> to... Beat you to it. Matt, you're going to Cota. Would you prefer Lewis and Max on the front row... Together, or would you prefer watching Lewis battle his way through the field?
0: Ah!
2: Oh. Surely it's got to be Max and Lewis on the front. Well, right see,
0: then. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm thinking about where I'm sitting in the track. So I think I would actually prefer Lewis at the back of the field. Uh, where are you, turn where you through, uh Turn 14. And the grandstand's there. Uh, hey. In the final but,
2: sector, on twisty bit at the end.
0: No, it's the middle two. It's the last four turns coming up to the start finish straight. Uh, I don't actually see the start finish straight, so I won't be able to see any of the action on. Yeah, look look, look at Jay doing his James Hunt visualization. I love it. Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure no it,
2: I'm pretty sure know it is
0: right where there where it's, it looks like an S from above, and then it has for that the long listeners. Jay's the just tried
3: to work out the track in his head using his hands, but you can't see him. But that's what he's done. Oh, well,
2: isn't eleven is the kink on the back straight, isn't it?
0: Yes. Hey. my man. Awesome. I
2: have got too much time on uh, my hands.
0: But uh, I think, honestly, I would rather see Lewis charging from the rear because there will still be enough action going into turn one at Coda with that long run-up to it that it could get a little bit interesting. Uh, but also that would play out better for the late race strategies with Lewis coming through the rear. So we might see a couple of more panicky situations on the strategy calls there. So I think it would be more fun to watch him charge from the rear. Fair enough.
3: Go on, Charlotte.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I I think I said this on um, our rushing uh, grand prix review is that if he is going to be serving this penalty i really do think that he should just get it out of the way because it's just going to become more of a deficit as it keeps going in my opinion um i don't think he will do it brazil um, obviously that is the sprint la- last sprint race of this season i don't i just can't see him doing it but i also think like we've said um as well it depends on what's happening in the championship with max but if that is what they're depending it on i think we should just get out of the way. I think Cota would be a good place. I think it would be great. And I think it'll be really exciting. I mean, obviously, I'm not going, but I would like to see him from the back and then try and work his way up.
3: The other reason... I, I personally think he'll do it at Cota, and I'm saying that for a slightly different reason, and I'm not being biased here, but Bottas is quite strong at Cota, so Mercedes could probably have the best chance of getting good championship points there. Like He's not particularly quick at Mexico. For example, whereas Cota, he is good. So Mercedes could still make up Constructors' Championship points if they haven't already won it by then because they are slightly beginning to run away with it. Uh, Jay just one. said, hasn't he run it once in the uh, little chat that we've got? Yes, he has won it once.
0: One little Sorry. recall I would throw in that as well, Dan, on that though. Would you rather him take the penalty at Cota and run with a brand new engine or do you drop in one of the earlier engines that's not as worn out? There has to be a little disparity because of the layouts of the tracks. There weren't as many high speed, high revving tracks in the uh, races five through nine. So surely engine two would have a little bit less top end wear, wouldn't you think? Say
3: that again. You've confused me.
0: All right. So the penalty is using a new engine. Those old engines are still around, still available. So a lot of the tracks in the middle part, how do I even say it's the middle of the first half <laughs> of the season, We didn't have as lot of high-speed straights. What that does, that'll put more stress on the valve train and into the higher end of the engine. But the rings and lands of the pistons should still be okay. So would you almost rather him take the penalty for a whole new engine, or do you save yourself the penalty and still have a marginally deficient engine, but not as bad as you currently are without having that entire track penalty?
3: Do you mean Lewis? Yes. I think I'm right in saying that he only has two usable engines, so that's not a lot to choose between. Like, it's not like... You know, most drivers have three or is four at two? least. I thought...
0: Well, he has two new engines remaining. No, I think, like, in his pool uh, of... In his pool of... In his pool of useful um, engines,
3: Yeah, yeah I I think he has two. I
0: thought he's, he had three. He's
2: used all three, but one of them is... Like, he can't use anymore. There's he's,
0: one that's wiped out.
2: Yeah. yeah, one that's wiped out. So he, he can use for the other two, but it's whether they'll do the distance. I mean, I going to play devil, devil's advocate here. And I know you guys were all saying codes, so I feel like I need to prop up, prop up something else. So... Brazil, right, Red Bull strategy for Russia, they kind of thought, well, Mercedes are notoriously good in Sochi. Let's give it to him here and we'll kind of just count our losses. And I think they came second brilliantly. Max and Red Bull are so good in Brazil. Like, he probably should have won the last few races there unless he wasn't hit by a pink Espen Ocon. So, did they do it there? And maybe just sort of accept defeat in Brazil and say, you know what, we'll, we'll just let you have it and... We'll do what we can because on Brazil, you can, you can overtake, or Mexico, Mexico, and you're saying them about you know wear and tear, high end top speeds. The air pressure there is completely different to anywhere else F1 goes. The the altitude is so high, the the air, the quality of the air is so much different. So, would you really want to put an uh, engine which is under already a lot of stress, maybe towards the end of its life cycle, at Mexico, where obviously very long straights, but the air coming into the engine. Let I me mean, know not as as far, not as
3: thick. I think technicality. You you you, you yeah. muted yourself a bit soon then, but we
0: kind of we kind of got what you mean. I think why we're all leaning towards Mexico at the latest is even with the addition of Qatar uh, after Brazil, I think Brazil is almost too late because I feel like that engine would—you know—your average lifespan is three to four races at quote unquote acceptable performance. So if they do it at Mexico, that leaves them with Brazil, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Abu Dhabi they have to contend with on that one engine. So if they do it any earlier, I think they're kind of putting themselves in a hole now that you, we've talked about the schedule. So I've, I may have to change my answer, actually, and agree with Jay, and I will never admit to having my mind changed ever again. But I think just on the scheduling alone, it might have to be. That's a really good idea. You can implanted it in there Amy Jay. Or do you think that
3: Mercedes will just simply wait for Hamilton to have an off week in qualifying and go, right, he's already starting further down than he normally would, may as well use this week? Mm,
2: but he's Lewis Hamilton though, and how often does Lewis Hamilton have an off weekend in qualifying?
3: He has A them. couple times this year. He has them. Has he? Yeah.
2: Oh, Monaco
1: oh, maybe 4th Monaco in fourth in
0: Russia, Russia. Wait, Also what are we talking about We're calling it Like an off weekend For Lewis Hamilton If you take 4th You don't
1: drop to 20 <laughs> basically like if he's not on the pole you're like god he's yeah Irish. we consider it off
0: but in the grand scheme of things
3: in with or, the margins
0: they're talking about yeah. or
3: similar to that do they wait for Max to have a bad week in qualifying and then do it with Lewis seeing as Max is starting further down the order than he should be Red Bull that, are known to slightly get this qualifying wrong sometimes
2: that is a brilliant idea because really and truly Lewis is in the lead right now if he just stays ahead of Max just matches him then it's job done so that's a very interesting point you make there done.
1: But it's such a risk if Max doesn't and you're just waiting for him to have an issue and not perform well. And all of a sudden he keeps setting it in the top two. Then what do you do?
0: I think it also is dependent upon the track. If it's a track that they feel they have the upper hand, it's this weird coalescence of events that would make it easy for Mercedes to make this decision. However, Mm. there's a reason James is there and they're not hearing, you know, Lewis, it's Matt. Uh, So I I think... (laughs) If it becomes apparent to us, Mercedes will have already planned for that. But it'll be very interesting to see how it pans out and what their reasonings are behind the time they select.
1: And very quickly, this season, with tracks, they're like, oh, we're so confident at this track. They haven't almost been performing as well as they expected. So even that's kind of like out the window. So I guess we just got to wait for Mercedes to pull the card.
0: Here at the Formula Nerds, we ask questions. We I don't think I've seen
2: now. Merck or a track since, what, Portugal? <laughs> yeah I don't think I've seen Merck dominate at one track since Portugal
3: and that was how long that was so I don't think JC seen Merck dominate at one track since Portugal
2: well no one said anything so I just thought <laughs> I'll say it again
1: no you I lagged think Jay's and then you Wi-Fi. said it twice
2: <laughs> oh did I oh because yeah. like no one responded so I thought oh, what's happened here then
3: <laughs> no, this cheers is guys this is, hey, this like, is, like, like this a this muppet this is staying in um, I can't believe that Lewis didn't take a penalty in Russia that would have made so much sense I just, I can't understand the thinking behind that. But then again, I'm not James I Reynolds. guess
2: maybe he thought, let's maximise it, let's get a win. I mean, he, he did maximise it. And I don't think anyone expected Max to come second. I bet Lewis Hart dropped when he pulled into Parfum and he just saw a red ball next to him. And it wasn't Sergio Perez.
0: <laughs> Do you remember the double take in the paddock at the end when the cars pulled it? So I I remember this and I don't know why because you all know that my memory is atrocious. No, I, I remember this. Uh, there, uh, <laughs> for the listeners at home, Charlotte just said she was crying, so she didn't see this part. Uh, there was a moment when Lewis Hamilton got out of the car, you know, celebrated with the team. And they went to where they had the staging area with the hats and the towels to cool off. And Max pulled in, and Lewis literally looked over, went to wipe, and then looked again because he realized it was Max Verstappen pulling it in second. And he could, it, it you could see the shock. Obviously, the Mercedes team was tracking it, but in that stage of the race, they just left Lewis to it. He knows what he has to do. Let him get the job done. So I don't think he actually knew it was Max in second place, and he was shocked as all of us to see him there. I mean, he
3: was so far in the lead once Lando had pitted. He was like nearly a minute in the lead, Um, so I think that's fair enough. We have to move on because we've been talking about Lewis's engine for absolutely ages, and I didn't think it would take very long. Um, But Bottas doesn't need to take a penalty, so that's fine by me. Um, Alfa Romeo... There is one seat left at Alfa Romeo. Valtteri Bottas has one. There seems to be a straight fight for the second one between Giovinazzi and Guanyu Zhou. Somehow Oscar Piastri is being looked over, Well, somehow because he doesn't have the same sponsorship money as Guanyu Zhou. Who do you think should, and who do you think will get this seat? Go around all three of you.
0: Uh, I'm going to say it should be Guanyu Zhou. Uh, he's a very, very handy racer. He comes with a bevy of sponsors and Dan's shaking his head, but your opinion doesn't matter. You're a Botox fan. Uh, he's very, very handy in the esports world and has proven his talent in multiple disciplines. He may not be a crowd favorite, but I think he is the business choice.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Uh, I'm actually going to say Jovanazzi. Um, I know I've said my, my few things about Giovinazzi. Um, but do you know what? These last few races, he shocked me. You know, (laughs) Matt can't believe what I'm saying. Um, He had some crazy qualifying, crazy. And, you know, he is really good at starts. And I do think, do you know what? Let him have one more year. I I think, I know I've said, oh, but what about his progression? Yeah, I still kind of back that. But I think he can't lose it this year. I feel really bad if he does. He's absolutely done some incredible performances in the last few races, and personally, that's, that's opened my eyes and made me realise that I think you should stay for another year.
3: Okay. I think he, he won't. I think Oscar Piastri should have the seat. Obviously, he's not going to get the seat, but he deserves the seat. The thing that bothers me about Guan Yu Zhou, and I like the guy, but he's had three, I think, seasons of Formula Two. He still isn't leading the championship and he's being outperformed by a rookie in an equal car so i don't know like i quite like giovanazzi as well but something about Guan Yu show is I, I know he brings money with him but i feel just piastri deserves it so much more and it's just another example of how money is controlling the sport
1: well i was gonna say for guan Zhou as well it, he's more linked to alpine isn't he so both of them they're are, both, both, them they're are both are, Alpine. Yeah. well not giovanazzi um so <laughs>
3: Oh, nicely, um, unless... nicely done. Well Smooth. Done. You see what I'm
1: saying? You Smooth. See? I'm setting that hot <laughs> <there>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man
2: I, I bet Charlotte knew that both of my Alpine drives. She just said that
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> just for a, a, a sense of security. Meditative.
1: You know, I just had three of you all go yes. Yeah, see, you know, <laughs> um,
2: she's been played done. us. Been she's absolutely played done.
1: us. Not just a pretty face, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. Go on, Jay. Who do you want?
2: Oh, I mean, I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say Nick to three. I'd love to oh, say it's, going going it's not gonna be Nick to three. But, but I'm gonna be realistic. I think who deserves it the most out of the realistic contenders, Oscar Piastri. What an absolutely brilliant job he's doing currently in Formula Two. I would, if I was to put in order of Piastri, Joe and uh, Giovinazzi, I would go Joe third, Giovinazzi second, Piastri first. But I think it'll be Joe, just because money talks. But I love it to be Nick DeVry though. Love oh. it to be. Nick DeVry.
3: Would it? You should but, really, you should really mention.
2: But like, he just—he doesn't seem to be. Like I remember like a couple of weeks ago, he was like the main guy. It was going to be Nick De Vries, Bottas. It was going to be two Dutchmen on the grid. It was going to be so good. And I was saying to Dan, I'm going to see how good Nick De Vries is against Bottas and see whether Bottas has actually still got it or he's just gone off the mill. And I was so excited. And now he's just... hes like I just see him like he's in a, he's in his apartment with his girlfriend in Monaco. And I think, you know, why is he not... He's allowed to go home. He's not to go home. He's allowed he to
0: go but, home, but he dropped off so hard at all. Yeah. It's, it's literally... It struck me almost like did he bomb the interview? Did he? Hang on, Matt, Matt, Matt. Charlotte is desperate so, uh, to say something yes, let her here. In.
1: Well, no, I've said it in a few, like you know, a few weeks ago. I'm only going to assume that he's probably out of the runnings because, like I said, the Mercedes EQ Formula E team will be dropping out after 2022. So I'm thinking that he's going to stay for next year in Formula E, and then maybe he is more likely to be back in the talks for F1, but yes. And where's
2: he gonna go? go?
3: Then he's Where's he gonna go?
1: Yeah, but like, he could be a double world champion.
2: Williams, maybe? Maybe give him a TV. Oh, a lot of speculation. Oh, I mean- That's
0: a lot of moving parts that have to happen yeah. correctly for him in to- But if he doesn't
2: get into F1 by 2023, then I'm, I'm stopping watching it, I don't care. I am I'm too I'm, right now I'm I'm in sense. Imagine in two years' time how Angry I'll be.
3: Alright, realistically, at the end of next season, let's talk about where Nick DeFreed will slot in. We weren't gonna talk about this, but let's talk about this. He won't slot in at Mercedes, he won't slot in at Red Bull, he won't slot in at Ferrari. Aston Martin mm. will obviously he won't have. In sh- in
0: McLaren.
3: He won't slot in at McLaren. Aston Martin will obviously have Stroll. Could Seb still be there? Aston Martin and Link yeah. with Mark? Surely. I can that's has there will be probably be a spot at but, then again, hmm. he, that has is no go? link to Mercedes at <laughs> all. I, I
2: think it's got to be in a Merck supplier team, and it's not going to be McLaren, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be Mercedes itself. It's going to either be Williams or Aston Martin. And the only real seat I can see is Williams and whether he partners Alex Albon, maybe. That would be quite a cool dynamic. I saw a lot of people saying on Twitter, right, when uh, Albon um, wasn't confirmed that Williams, that Albon's a better driver than De Vries and that uh, and, uh, DeVry you can't, only you can't jump you can uh, so not yeah and it's so hard yeah, to say that's... and everyone everyone was sort of jumping on this bandwagon on Twitter saying oh DeVry won Formula 2 in a terrible year because Latifi came second and I was like that year still had a lot of good drivers in even a lot of drivers were still here I'm pretty sure Joe was around then Schwarzman was around then I want to say Mick Schumacher was around then there was so a lot of talent
3: proven that he's a solid driver though I'd say this year mm, he's improved he a lot a
2: but yeah I, I was just like to see Nick different."
0: We know. I think we know. I think Seb may be more of a realistic possibility than we all think because uh let's face it, I'm as old as Seb, which is another reason I feel old. But I don't know how strong his relationship is for the future with Aston Martin. They always needed him for the foundations for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two with the new regulation changes dropping. But what if he's unfulfilled next year? Yeah, we'll see. I w I, I wanna see Nick DeVries in, period, but I definitely not at the uh cost of Seb.
1: Yeah, I hope Vettel doesn't go anywhere. I love Sebastian Vettel. I think he's
2: great. He's he's great for the sport, isn't he? He's such a good ambassador for Formula 1. It's amazing.
3: Um, Just back to Oscar Piastri quickly. Kvyat's been linked with a drive in Formula E next season, so Piastri has been linked with replacing him as the Alpine reserve driver, which could stand him in good stead for a 2023 spot. Alonso said that he doesn't want to go anywhere and Ocon's just signed that yeah. long term
2: deal. It's not a good academy to be in, is it? The I mean, look at Calamarlock this year. He's been Alfa Romeo's reserve driver, and next year he's off to IndyCar. So I don't there's want no, to talk about that. There's about no that. guarantee that if you're a reserve driver, I mean, uh, De Vries is a reserve driver for Mercedes, isn't he? And, and McLaren. And so, stop with Van Dorn. I, mean, I know Van Dorn's been in F1 before, but being a reserve driver, unless. There is some kind of illness or something wrong with the, the main two drivers. It doesn't mean... I mean, you might do the odd practice session, but it means nothing for the future, I don't think.
3: See, this is why it annoys me. And no, I love Fernando, but he's he's had his time. Like, to carry on in 2023, let the young guns have a shot. Like, Kimi, Kimi has let the young gun in Valtteri Bottas have a shot.
1: Well, this <laughs> he's, is he's the thing with Alonso. Because as well, like Pierre Gasly needs to move on from Alpha Tauri, so he'll probably be looking at that Alpine seat. Then there's Oscar Piastri, then there's Guan Yu Zhou. And like the list is almost endless. So I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. We more, more teams. teams I just let's just get more teams and then we don't have to have this argument because it's too tiring.
3: That's a good segue though. William Story's back, surely.
1: Oh
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Listen, I don't care. You could put any driver that I'm in love with in the developmental series in there, if they are sponsored by William's story, it's not worth it.
3: Oh, well, as Jay said, let's move on from William's story before we uh, do say something yeah. bad. Uh, that is a very nice segue into the fact that Audi and Porsche could be coming into the sport in 2026. Matt,
0: what's happening? Yeah. So basically the talks were began at the Red Bull ring this year about what they're going to do with the uh, engine regulation change. They are dropping the MGUH. They are revamping the way the MGUKs are utilized and upping the power output. I think it makes it with that in concert with the financial implications of the 2022 regulations. It makes it easier for, you know, God willing, as Charles was talking about, new teams coming in. Uh, The thing that fascinates me most about Audi and Porsche being in talks, though, is they're both Volkswagen Group brands. So... If they do come in, are they going to be like Porsche supplying Audi F1 team with the engines? How is that going to work? You know, it's it opens a door. I would love to see them come in. We've all at least everybody in this room right now have been talking about them for a couple of years to come in. But I'm being Porsche for you, Charlotte. There you go.
1: I love that. Sorry, (laughs) I'm just uh, living.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think. That opens the door for more teams. I mean, we do have a relatively small field in the historical context of F1 with only 10 teams. So maybe we'll get back to seeing 23, 24, you know, car grids. And that would be awesome to have again.
2: I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I mean, obviously, they need to come in as engine suppliers. But maybe them coming as engine suppliers might stimulate other... Companies, other, you know, other, maybe even other uh, manufacturers to join F1 as teams. I remember, was it earlier this year or last year? There was a rumor that there was going to be like a Monaco based or like a Monaco owned Formula One team. And that would have oh, been interesting to see how that was going to pan out. I, 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 is it Campos or maybe looking at becoming a Formula One team as well? So, all these rumors, but I guess, as Fleetwood Mac said, there are always rumors. So, you never really know, but I'd love to see more F1 teams in there.
3: It wouldn't be a news roundup without a J musical analogy, would it? And there is this week's... Um, what else have we got to talk about? Jeddah, the Saudi Arabian street track... Tra- tra- pe- pe- I can speak English. Jeddah, the Saudi Arabian street track, are reportedly against the clock to finish on time to hold the race. Yowch.
2: Yowch, Youch! Youch! indeed. Um, to be fair, though, I feel like quite a lot of Formula 1 tracks, especially when they're new are always close to getting there. I remember like Korea, years and years ago, they finished it like a week before first practice and it was so close, but um, yeah, it was just so tight. I'm pretty sure India was tight as well and I can't see them not finishing. it. They've had quite a while now and I think they will finish it. um, But I mean, it might be tight, but I'm not concerned.
0: I feel it's no big loss. I don't think... Uh, there's really any massive expectations on <laughs> Jetta's uh, longevity in the, in the sport. Uh, and that could just be the same thing, you know, a last-minute hero shot. We don't know. I didn't see anything, at least, on the specific difficulties they're facing. Could just be supply chain issues from uh, hangover from COVID. Uh, I think with the amount of money they're throwing at that circuit, they'll come in on time. They may come in way over budget, but they should come in on time.
3: Yeah, I reckon, I reckon they will, people like this people like this always find a way and that concludes the news but it does not conclude the podcast we've still got two whole segments to do there's a quiz and there is the turkish grand prix preview which we are going to do now last year was quite the race lewis hamilton won his seventh championship at that track last year there was a very slippery surface and there were a lot of spins from bottas verstappen spun several other drivers spun they have sprayed the surface or something this year, so it's not so slippery. But the weather forecast for the weekend is rain on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What do you guys think is going to happen at the Turkish Grand Prix this week? I'm not asking for a prediction yet. Just how do you think the weekend is going to unravel?
2: I think it's going to be. Oh, sorry. Charlotte had a the hand up. I was just biting in. I'm um, right, on any, them. <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely in Charlotte's bad books. Did you hear the the tone in her voice then? Oh, Come on, then. I then, think you must. I feel, I feel bad <laughs> speaking now. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it short. I think it's going to be really close between Merck and Red Bull. I think the circuit doesn't really lend itself to either team. So, it be interesting. And if it does rain, I wouldn't rule out McLaren or Ferrari.
1: No, I was just going to say I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, last year's qualifying was insane. Once again, it was in the wet. And we saw two racing points in the top three for qualifying and that was Lance Stroll on pole with Sergio Perez in third and Max in second and Lewis Hamilton was in sixth and oh my goodness I just thought it was such an exciting sighting race and yep Jay showed me that in Istanbul it is rain 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 from Friday all the way to Sunday so I'm very intrigued of what's gonna happen lots of drivers were spinning left right and centre um, it had some really good battles and, um, you know, there's some drivers who are really good in the wet, like Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Georgia Russell. So let's see what they can do.
0: I think if it rains, uh, we can go ahead and call Ferrari fourth place in the constructors this year. Uh, I don't see Fernando or... Esteban closing that gap up no matter what transpires in the last half of the season or the remainder of the season. But uh, Ferrari with their new, more powerful engine last week, didn't really surprise, didn't really come into play in any way, shape or form, even though Carl's just in third. Uh, I think that was a fluke. So it's, that's going to be the, the closing chapter and almost uh, Macy Ferrari, if that comes to transpire, just push it off, go ahead and focus on 2022 as much as I've been against that this entire season. Uh, McLaren's going to run away with it from them.
3: Yes, it will be. It will be an interesting weekend. It is a great track, so hopefully the racing is great. Right, I need one bold prediction from everyone as to what they think is going to happen at the Turkish Grand Prix this weekend. Has to be bold. Who wants to go first? Charlotte, straight in there. What is your I'll bold prediction?
1: Um, I hope this is bold. I'm going to say Lando Norris top three thin- finish.
3: I reckon that counts as bold. I think Rando it's bold. Well, you know, like
1: I said, he's very good in the wet. He ha- almost won it, you know, for the Russian Grand Prix. And I think if you know the conditions are like that again, he's got a very good chance to be performing that way again.
3: For a bonus point, where's he finishing?
1: Is top three not good enough for you? No, no,
3: you can. That that can be <laughs> it. I'm just saying, like you know, for extra points, where's he <laughs> gonna finish?
1: Um, I'm scared to say the win. Say it, do it So I don't know if second Which um, ties with his best finish Well I don't know I don't know That's why I said top three Because I was nervous to say win I can't go through the heartbreak again Dan You know, two races in a row We've just got to take it as it comes
0: Okay, Matt, what's yours? Pierre Gasly Finished ahead of both Ferrari drivers This weekend Jay's going to like that
2: I like that. I mean, it isn't that bold though because Gasly's on flames and he beat them both in Zandvoort, didn't he?
1: Didn't know in Russia.
3: Okay, Matt, if you say he beats both (laughs) in qualifying and
0: the race, you can have it. Yes. I'll I'll even go that far. I will.
2: We did not talk about Russia because AlphaTauri cannot make decisions when it starts raining. It's like they melt. No.
0: It it was literally like (laughs) they knew what they were supposed to do and they... Just completely lost all control in that well, moment.
2: Did you hear Gazley's radio afterwards? He was like, "We're basically, He basically listed every single time it's rained recently and how they've messed up. And he was like, "We need yes. to change something." So,
0: I like to prediction. think that they have gone through and looked at those protocols and have done some self-reflecting. Uh, they can't get it wrong every time. They are good enough of a team. So, if there's ever going to be a time they get it together, it's going to be this weekend because I don't think Pierre Gasly will stand for it anymore. Mm, okay. Okay. I'm going to going going go
2: for? for Alpine outscore Red Bull this weekend.
0: Oh, sir, there is bold and then there is brazen. I know. I, <laughs> well, Why well, did I, you say that?
2: I've got a feeling yeah. in my belly that Fernando Alonso is going to have a amazing. Like last weekend, he was so good in, it, in the rain, and he probably yeah. could have came on the podium. I can see him having a really strong result. Verstappen probably will beat him. And, but he'll be near Verstappen and I think Perez will have a shocker and Ockham okay. will come like P7, P8 and sort of prop it up and Alpine will outscore a Red Bull. Right.
3: Perez has had a shocker every weekend for the last like five races.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, did you know George Russell's outscored him over the last few races? Yeah, he always equaled him, hasn't he? He's I thought equal. they
3: were tied at mm-hmm.
0: 16 apiece, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, he's equal That's to him. Not good enough though, is
3: I'm it? debating no. between two for my prediction here. I can't decide between Max Verstappen finishes outside the top five in the race or a Seb mm. podium. I can't make my mind up. Ooh.
2: I think you're you're getting a bit nostalgic here with the Seb Podium.
1: I was gonna say, that's where he got his podium last year.
0: As the Seb fan, I would not count on that. I would love to see (laughs) it.
3: right, I'm saying Seb Podium then.
0: If it doesn't happen, (laughs) it's your fault now, Dan.
3: (laughs) I'm saying, but I'm also gonna write down Max outside the top five, just because I want to see if I would have been right if I said that.
0: Now with your Max outside the top five, are you predicting a entanglement?
3: I am predicting that. Both Mercs will beat him. Seb will beat him. And I'm going to say that Lando beats him. Um, I'm not necessarily saying he'll crash. Just outside the top five. Both Mercs, Seb and Lando. It's very specific. <laughs> Why have I done this?
1: That is very specific.
3: <laughs> Only because like he struggled in Turkey last year. Not like the extent Bottas struggled, but he did struggle in Turkey last year. Who, Max? Yeah, and Lewis did Well, he
1: was doing... All oh, right, and then he had that spin and that's where it all went wrong. And I think that's what happened to most people. Like, you know, Lance Stroll was leading the Grand Prix for quite a while. And then, was it, they had that dodgy pit stop?
3: He um, he changed Or did he to spin as a, well? He had inters on, then he changed to another set of inters and he just couldn't make them work.
0: And he just
1: yeah, I plummeted just,
0: down the order. That's and as we're talking should... about in the pre-show as well, uh, that was the Botox spin zone. Yeah, exactly. Year, correct? It was. it was.
1: He had a wonderful time.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was just testing out the handling of the W11. You know, he's
1: He'd preparing for a yellow flag Yeah, he was, just, <laughs> he
3: was just making sure it was all good. You know, but it, it should, in theory, be a less incident field race because the surface won't be a literal ice rink. But I, we didn't see it. I want to see an F1 car take turn eight at Turkey flat with these modern cars, and we didn't see it last year because of how slippy it was. So I want at least one dry session where they can just zoom round turn eight flat. But who knows if we'll get that? Who knows if we'll get that? OK, Matt and Jay, I'm going to have to ask you to mute yourself for a second because we are now having the third of the Nerds vs Fans quiz. And today we are joined by Bart all the way from America. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Charlotte's here. Charlotte's going to be taking you on. Hi
1: there.
3: <laughs> she's she's <laughs> <a> very nervous. <laughs>
1: nervous. <laughs> I'm quite nervous. So I'm going to give it my best shot. We'll see what happens, I guess.
3: It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I've got a little bit of an inkling from your hat, but do you want to just tell everyone your favourite drivers, favourite teams, and your favourite track? Because why not?
4: Yeah, sure. So uh, favourite drivers currently I would say Max and Lando both. Um, just really, uh, I love the way that Max drives. It's awesome. Um, love his, everything off track too. He's just great. So same with Lando. Awesome guys. Um, all of all time though, Jensen Button. Uh, uh, just love that answer. Canada, 2011, all of the 2009 season, everything's just, uh, he's just amazing. Both his books are amazing. Anybody who's trying to learn F1, totally, like, go read Jensen's books. Like, it will help you more than anything else. Uh, favorite they, are, track, they are very good. Uh, tough, to, tough to call on favorite track. I mean, um, I actually, uh, I, I, I really like Red Bull Ring. Like, I think everything about it. We always have good races there. It's the beginning of last, last lap Lando. Can't beat that. It was great. Charlotte's
3: doing a little celebration there with, (laughs) with last lap Lando
4: scenario seven. She
3: loves it. All right. There are going to be 15 questions. I will ask you the question. We will then write both your answers. You will then write both your answers down. And then I will say the answer. We'll top the scores up as we go along. Your current score to beat is six, which was achieved by Rhiannon last week. If you reach the top of the leaderboard after everyone has done the quiz, you'll win a prize, which is good. Not saying what it is, but it's good. Any questions?
1: No. (laughs) It's
3: fine, fine, Charlotte. It's fine. It's all under control. Let's go.
1: Let's go.
3: Okay. Question one. Nicky Lauda took a break from F1 after the 1979 season. How many years was he gone before he made his return?
1: um okay okay no uh yes okay okay
3: charlotte what have you gone for how many years
1: i've gone with eight okay Yeah, that's wrong by dan's face that's wrong
3: (laughs) (laughs) but what have you gone for a long time out (laughs) two two that is correct it is two
1: years (laughs) what i thought it was two but i thought no like I bet it's
3: just going to be way more. Oh. Should have oh well, gone with your gut. Right. Should have gone with yeah. your gut.
1: It's a learning curve. Here
3: we go. Okay, question two. The 2017 Monaco Grand Prix saw Jensen Button return to the cockpit of a McLaren. But it didn't exactly go to plan as he flipped someone into the wall. Who was it? It was just before the tunnel. He went for a lunge down the inside. Tire face to tire face. Who did he flip into the wall? Okay, but who have you gone for?
4: I'm really not confident in my answer, Eric. Oh,
3: Eric, so that's, that's okay, Charlotte.
1: This is a pure guess, and I don't even believe in myself. Um, Pascal Ver- Verline, is that you say his name?
4: Yeah. Try to spell it though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> W-E-H, <laughs> 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 That,
4: know. one of you's correct.
1: No it
3: okay. was Pascal Verline. It was, wow, way to it, go. Ericsson was close, uh, kind of, like Sauber Whoa. and all that. It was Pascal Verline. It got launched. But, uh, yeah, it was, that was interesting. Okay, so it's one apiece after two questions. It's close. Who'd
1: have thought it was?
3: Question three. How many wins, now another Nicky Lauda question, did Nicky Lauda take during his last season in Formula One?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh.
3: Think back before Charlotte was born. Possibly before Bart was born. I don't know.
4: <laughs> not quite, there's a lot of gray here. <laughs> um... Okay,
3: uh, Charlotte, you're first this time. Who have you gone for? I mean, how many have you gone for? I
1: was about to say, I panicked for a second. I thought, uh...
3: <laughs> <laughs> how many have you gone for?
1: I guess, but I've went for number four, like Lando and Loris, eh?
3: So that mean you've gone for thirty-three, but
4: <laughs> one, one—that
3: one. is correct. It is one, oh, damn. just the one in his final season. Did you know that, or was that a guess?
4: It was a total guess. Oh,
3: he's got Ooh, it. He's good. Lucky. <laughs> good at guessing. Which current driver, so he's still on the grid, replaced Nick Heifeld at Sauber for the 2011 season?
4: Ooh. Okay, got it. Ooh.
1: Confident. I mean, I don't know if it's right, but I've
3: gone for it. <laughs> Bart's still thinking. Is the Max Verstappen hat bringing him luck? We'll find out. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> You both got still an on the grid. He said still, still on, on the grid. grid. He's still on the grid. Replaced Nick Highfield at Salbert in 2011, before the 2011 season. Okay, Charlotte. Oh. Who? Who have you gone for?
1: So I don't know why I'm excited because I probably am wrong, but I just feel quite good about the answer. So I'm going to go with Sergio Perez.
4: Okay. But that is a really good answer. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I man, I'm Botas. I, I I don't think he ever raced for. You should Salber, you should you know. should
3: have just copied Charlotte. It was
4: Sergio Perez. <laughs> yeah! That is that, that is was so good. That is I didn't correct. even think of him.
1: Oh, I remember he was in Salba. I can't remember what year, but he was 2011. Funny that. Right. Well,
3: yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's two points apiece after four questions. This is the closest Ooh. we've had so far. All right, so Murray Walker, this is question five, was known for his Murrayisms. Mm. So complete this Murray Walker quote. Senna first, Prost second, and burger third. That makes up the top... What? What is the end of that quote? Senna first, Prost second, and burger third. That makes up the top...
1: Um, is it like several words is it just a word can you tell us that or not
3: it is one thing it's
1: one thing
3: <laughs> could be a word <laughs> could be a number could be a letter oh I don't agree with my answer but there we go Senna first Pro second and burger third that makes up the top what Murray Walker being Murray Walker Often got excited. He's a legend, but he did make mistakes. Have you both got an answer? Uh, No, I I have no idea. (laughs) Are you going to put an answer down?
1: Well, I have one, but your last sentence has confused me.
3: Okay. what what have you gone for?
1: I put three, but now you're saying he gets things wrong. I'm thinking four.
3: (laughs) Which one are you going to go for? It might not be either.
1: I'm just going to stick with three
3: because that's what I wrote down. Okay. But it's now wrong. You're going to say an answer, Bart? Um, total guess. Step. Step. Okay. Oh, I like
1: that.
3: Murray Walker said, Senna first, Prost second, and Berger third. That makes up the top four.
1: You're absolutely
4: right. <laughs> <Way> to go. <laughs> which, of course,
3: it doesn't. It makes up the top three, which is what Charlotte said. But unfortunately, that is not what Murray Walker said. So no points. No points there. Okay, you'll both get this. This is an easy question. Question six. Who won the 2009 World Championship? I hope I'm right. (laughs) Right, I know Bart knows this. So Charlotte, what have you gone for? Who have you gone for?
1: Jensen Button.
3: Bart, who have you gone for? Jensen Button. It is, of course, Jensen Button. One point apiece there. Back on the board. Let's go. I gave that one to her earlier, though. Yeah, you did you did you did actually when you said it I was like no
1: I didn't even clock, that's the great thing about that.
3: You smack it. <laughs> Question seven. Ferrari's five hundredth race took place in what country? Many years ago. What country was it in? It's on this year's calendar. Have a guess, unless you know this. In which case that'd be very impressive.
1: Just the
3: country. Just the country. Or the track, if you want to be fancy about things. I was I don't know
1: answers, you, know. you know what I've realised during this quiz? I'm good on the even number questions. That's where I've scored my points so far. <laughs> I'm two, four, and six. So as we're on seven, this will be wrong.
3: <laughs> okay, but what country slash track have you gone
4: for? Uh, Brazil. Okay. Charlotte.
1: <laughs> Silverstone in England.
4: <laughs> the
3: correct answer is Hungary. So neither of you oh are my right there. Goodness. No points. What a
1: surprise! Wow. What? I just no, I just I don't know how you'd know that.
3: Because I googled it just before.
1: No, well, obviously <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know Bart and I would know it.
3: Okay, question eight. <laughs> Johnny Herbert began his F1 career at which team? It's an even number question, Charlotte. No pressure. Yeah, exactly.
1: I don't think I know how to
4: spell
3: it.
1: Oh, no. Oh, bart has got the answer. And doesn't know how to spell it, which makes me think it's not the team I was thinking. (laughs) Um. Oh, I don't know. Oh
3: currently three points apiece. piece. not know. We're on question eight. Charlotte oh. doesn't know, in case you haven't gathered.
1: I, it's
3: okay, Charlotte. I, I don't either. What team have you gone for?
1: It's wrong and it's Williams. I,
3: I just put Williams. Okay, but... Tyrrell. It was, in fact, Benetton. So, no points oh. there. Tyrrell's a very good guess, though. That was Cyril good. is a very good guess. Okay. It wouldn't be a me quiz without a question about Valtry Bottas. So, question nine. Complete this iconic Valtry Bottas line. To whom it may concern, blank, blank.
1: I know this. Yes. I got it.
3: Okay. But I hope. what have you gone for? F-I. Okay, Charlotte.
1: See, I've put F-U. How what harsh is? am I gonna be? I don't know, because I think one of us is technically correct.
3: The correct Depends answer how you're is, to I think whom it may right. concern, F-U. I've got it on a t-shirt. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> so I'm gonna be harsh, I'm gonna give that to Charlotte. That is, yeah. to whom it may concern, F-U what a line what a legend for a bonus point what grand prix did he say it after for the first time he said it a couple of times
1: oh, oh okay actually, well then i'm not sure that. but I'll, I'll put this one down
3: this won't count towards the final point because otherwise you have more points and you have more chances to get points than other people but just for just to feel good about yourself charlotte
1: well since you're saying he you said it
4: more than once, but I have put Sochi Russia 2020. Okay, but? Same. Russia. I
3: believe
1: he
4: said, said it. said Hungary. But
3: he first said it, I'm pretty sure, at Australia 2019, when he won the season opener. Okay. And he crossed the line and he'd had loads of haters in 2018. And he took fastest lap, point, the win, everything. Crossed the line, to whom it may concern.
1: Okay, well, he definitely said it in Sochi,
3: though. Yeah, I think he did say it there as well, yeah.
1: Just just pointing it
3: out. Current (laughs) scores are 4-3 to Charlotte. We're on question 10. Who won the 2020 Italian Grand Prix? Beautiful.
1: Thank you. 2020
3: Italian Grand Prix. I can't remember who I asked first last time. So, Bart... Who have you gone for? Your Gasly. Charlotte?
1: Yeah, I'll put the gas man.
3: That is correct. Yay. One point apiece. 5-4 to Charlotte. Heading into Ooh. the final four questions. Five questions. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not allowed to finish your race in the pits at Silverstone? There's obviously a few ways you could word this. Why are you not allowed to finish a race in the pits at Silverstone? Michael Schumacher did it once, but why are you now not allowed to? Charlotte looks very confused, and I think Bart looks quite confident.
1: Yeah, Bart looks really confident. (laughs) I'm thinking, what does he know?
3: (laughs) Do we we get points for confidence? (laughs) You get, you Um, you know, you you can feel good about yourself.
1: (laughs) Specifically at Silverstone?
3: Specifically at Silverstone. Why at Silverstone? Can you not finish erasing race in the pits?
1: I don't know, Scooby. Um <laughs> I can't even think of a lie. Um...
3: <laughs> I'm going to come to you first, Charlotte. So when you've got an answer, just say it. <laughs>
1: um. Um. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. I I really don't know and my brain has gone blank so I'm writing because you can't. Okay. There you go.
4: Rules are the rules. But so I what think have that you it's
1: probably a point? <laughs> <laughs>
4: what have you gone um, for? Because it's faster. The the yeah. line is the line is shorter if you're taking it through the pits so that you can technically you go into the Yeah. The pits You'll and reach win. the line
3: first if you go into the pitch rather than take uh, in the final corner. Yes, that is now a point. I
1: know.
3: It's five points apiece. It's close. It's close.
1: Very tense.
3: Now, there's a lot of pressure on the next question for Charlotte, not so much oh. for you, Bart. What year was <laughs> the Formula Nerds founded? <laughs> right,
1: I really hope I'm right. I'm eyes, Bart, You've got my position. What year was the
3: Formula Nerds founded?
1: Oh, good God.
3: Right, Bart? 2019. 2019. Charlotte? 2020? It's
1: 2020.
3: Oh! <laughs> Bart was celebrating there by me being annoying.
4: <laughs> I thought oh. that it was 2020 and then I was like, nah, no, that's too easy. I know that uh, they probably set it up at the end of 2019. Near and the start went 2020 of 2020. No, near the start
3: of 2020, but it was 2020. Okay. I'm
1: so ready to be like, but you take my seat. I'm out.
4: <laughs> hey, I mean, if I have to, all right, call <laughs> me if you ever need me. Come on the podcast every week. Replace Charlotte.
3: Question 13. Who designed Kota? Circuit of the Americas. What's the geezer's name?
1: Oh no.
3: Bart oh, has written it, penned down. Charlotte's got a head in her hands. She can't remember. I
1: think I Confidently know. Confidently, you're on. I don't know the oh. name. Oh. God. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's not a okay, name, but Bart. I need a name. So. What
4: have you gone for? Uh Herman Tilke. Charlotte?
1: Am I allowed to take that answer?
4: No! <laughs> because you definitely weren't thinking it.
1: I couldn't remember the names. So it is I...
3: Herman Tilke, that is correct.
1: I know it wasn't do you even know my answer, because I just thought I had to give you a name. Yeah.
4: Give
3: go on, it, what have you put? So
1: I couldn't remember his name. I just thought I needed to provide a name, so I went with Michael Massey. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, you
3: know. <laughs> I knew it wasn't. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's not Michael Messi. Spoiler alert. Six I'm points sure. apiece with two questions to go. This is oh
1: my brilliant. Gosh.
3: This is brilliant. What colour livery did the original Jordan F1 car have? Two colours. What two colours were they? You get one point if you get both. The original Jordan livery. Six points. Oh. Points piece. This is so exciting. Mm-mm. Okay, Charlotte, I'm coming to you first.
1: What, two colours. I'm not confident. I put black and red. Uh, it's wrong. I'm
4: not happy. Okay. Ah, green and red.
3: Green and red. That is close. It's green and blue. Oh
4: so, no. This is no a seven points. up car, right?
3: I is believe so. I believe so. <sighs> Yeah, close but no cigar. Half, half point. No. Okay. <laughs> the final question. Question fifteen. It is six points apiece. That is a tiebreak question. Don't worry. Oh my
1: gosh.
3: It won't be a draw. But question fifteen. Which driver punched Eddie Irvine after the nineteen ninety three Japanese Grand Prix?
1: <laughs>
3: There's a lot of pressure on this on this question.
4: Because I do not know. I swear, I just listened to this on a podcast too. Ah.
3: Oh
1: no, that's even worse. Could you be the
4: first ever
3: Formula Nerd to lose the quiz? Oh, the pressure! <laughs> <laughs> Could same you be same. the first ever Formula Nerd fan to win the quiz? This is such a stake. Can good you steak.
4: can you read it again? One more
3: time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
4: Who punched Eddie
3: Irvine after the 1993 Japanese Grand Prix? A, a driver. Which driver? Punched Eddie Irvine after the 1993 Japanese Grand Prix.
1: Hmm.
3: Who am I coming to first?
1: I haven't got an answer yet.
3: Charlotte hasn't got an answer yet. We will wait. I'm trying to think. Take your time. It's fine. Who
1: was driving? <laughs> Chill out. Um, oh, I'm just going to put a name down because I don't know. okay have you put a name down
3: Uh, who did I go to first last time no I went to you first last time but who have you gone for I'm
4: there's a name I can't think of and I'm dying inside but so I wrote down burger okay Charlotte
1: Wrong,
3: but I just put frost. You're both so close. It's Ayrton Senna.
4: No! Oh! <laughs> that is what the equivalent
3: of, foot, but, oh. of in football, you kick a ball when it hits Uh-oh. the left post and the right post and still doesn't go in. How we have you neither of you got that?
1: I wrote that down and went, no, surely you not. Oh my god!
4: It's and Senna. So... Wow. I'm so disappointed in myself right now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do not worry, there is a tie-break question. So Bart, you have finished on six points, which means you are currently joint first on the leaderboard, but we have to determine a winner of this quiz. Oh, no.
1: What if we both get it wrong?
3: It's whoever's closest to to this... Oh. Oh, damn. ...thing.
1: Okay. Oh, my goodness. My palms are sweaty. (laughs)
3: Okay, Valtteri Bottas set the pole position at the Sakhir Grand Prix in 2020. What was his time?
1: His time? Oh, no. I thought you were going to ask, like, what was the gap of Russell? I was so ready for it.
3: No. What was his pole position time? To Uh. the nearest second. I've got it exactly written down. But obviously, the the closest wins. Well, Don't you mean, like, Oh well, I was being generous, but you can have hundreds if you want. Well, it's
1: not going to be two seconds, is it? No. And it's not less than a second. What? Don't worry, I'm just getting all stressed.
4: <laughs> um... You really need to overthink this right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Not> <laughs> There's bad.
3: so much riding on this. There's actually so much riding on this.
1: Oh, I actually feel sick. I can't think what times they usually do. Uh, Secure
3: Grand Prix 2020, Valtteri Bottas, set pole position. What was his time? Think about where it was, think who was driving, think about the track, think about how quickly he did it, most importantly.
1: Yeah, but I just know Russell was like 0.026 or something behind. See, look at that, look at that knowledge.
3: That is amazing knowledge, but it is not the question.
1: Please (laughs) give me a point. (laughs) It was something like that, anyway. I, okay. Wait, so how many digits are we looking for in this answer?
3: Go as exact as possible. It's whoever's closest to this number. Um, okay. Which I've got to the thousandth. Google is brilliant. Uh, Okay, write your answers down. Make sure you don't change your answers. Okay, have you both got an answer? This is so good from my position right now. Charlotte, she's so what much more confident than I am. Have you gone I'm for? I'm
1: not confident, Bart. I'm not confident. It's killing me. This is Charlotte, a what question.
3: time have you gone for? I'll put
1: one. Uh, <laughs> one sec. Uh, one minute. One minute. <laughs> sorry. One. Hold on. One minute.
3: <laughs> one minute. Okay.
1: Twenty-eight seconds. Okay. Point. Four,
4: five, three. <laughs> Bloody hell, that is exact. Okay, but. Well, that. The, the, uh <laughs> I'll take her answer. <laughs> did you say it was exact? <laughs> what have you written? What have you written? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm way off. I'm way off. I had 54. 54. Whatever... It was at this moment that he knew. He <laughs> f- Reason I was the thinking it was. Oh my god! I've just
1: realized I have... my blunder! No! No. Bart's one. Oh no! It's the outer track! Oh.
3: Oh, no. Just in case you haven't guessed, yes, Sakia was the short track. Can I the change? exact pole position time was 53 change? seconds, 0.377, which means Bart is a lot closer and therefore wins the quiz. Oh, no. Charlotte realised the second that he held his answer up. This is prime time. This is brilliant. Oh, we need to, I'm going to put the video clip of this on social media because that is quality. <laughs> that is quality. I need to remember to save it. Oh, that is so good.
1: Do you know how I scared was...
4: I was? When no. you were so confident and then you said 120 or whatever you said, I was dying inside.
1: I've literally forgot the outer track. <laughs> I'm so, to be honest. If I changed my answer, I would have said fifty-seven something. So you know I tried what?
3: helping you. I was like, think of the track, <laughs> think of this. Yes. Just...
1: I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> 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 like, it's Bahrain.
3: Did you oh know it my. was the outer track all along, Bart? Yeah. Oh. Damn it. I
1: was too hung up on the Russell thing, if I'm honest. But that's okay.
3: Well, that is Bart that is that is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> So, at the end of that, <laughs> Bart is the winner of that one. <laughs> oh, me. What a quiz. That is the third edition of the Cut to the Race Nerds vs Fans quiz done. If you want to come on the show, just give me an email, dan at formulanerds.com, and we will get you on the show. It's the first time a nerd's been beaten. Charlotte, how would you feel?
1: I'm not gonna lie I'm pretty gutted but Bart is a very worthy winner well done Bart that was a very good match you just picked it thank me you that place. was
4: awesome that was fun so although you
3: got six points and you've drawn currently with Rhiannon at the top of the leaderboard I reckon the fact that you beat Charlotte should just put you that one little bit ahead because Jay still won last week's quiz so that is uh last time's quiz even So that is very impressive Thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Charlotte, what happened there?
1: Do you know what? It hurts. It really hurts. I wasn't thinking. I was too excited that I got the 0.026 gap between uh, Bottas and Russell that I didn't didn't think about the track. Honestly, I don't think I'm ever going to let this down. I'm ever going to get over it.
3: The disappointment on Matt and Jay's face. You you kind of (laughs) let the formula nerds down, I feel. Do
1: you know what? I think we're going to need a rematch. I think we are. I I don't know if I can let this down. I can't. It was so close and I didn't think. I don't know, Dan.
3: Jay, Matt, what are your thoughts on what you've just witnessed? Um, Do you know what?
2: There is a bit of me that does feel really bad for Charlotte because... As much as it was a silly mistake to make it, I feel like it's quite an easy mistake to make. And if if it was by rain... Sorry, there's bloody MotoGP's <laughs> outside my house. Um, if, it, if it was by rain, and you asked, what was the pole time from last year's by rain Grand Prix? Exactly. Charlotte's time wouldn't been that far off. It, it, and I, I think but it was made to look a lot I worse. Are. I know, so I know.
1: I was <laughs> knowledge. The,
2: the golden rule of quizzing, to be fair, is listen to the question, so... Exactly. But maybe there's always time to redeem yourself.
1: It's, it's the
0: right answer to the wrong question, <laughs> and to tie in with Jay from earlier, in the words of Fleetwood Mac, oh well.
4: Oh, <laughs> smooth,
3: smooth.
0: It was an American,
3: and Matt, you got to be proud, you're, you're fellow American one. Uh, that's about the first
0: thing we've won in a long while, so yeah, that felt good. <laughs>
3: Sure, it's true. All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get Bart back just to have a rematch because Charlotte is Charlotte is Charlotte is fuming. Who
2: needs Wilder v Fury when you have got Bart v Charlotte?
3: <laughs> exactly. What's a clash? This is this is heavyweight. This is this is better than AJ Fury, let alone Wilder Fury. This is. This Look is at
0: Charlotte's body language. She's like, I want another girl right now. Call him.
1: Because you know what hurts most is I loved that race. And everything I remembered, everything about it, except that it was the blooming outer track. My brain forgot that vital element I at tried the most helping. vital time. I know. I looked at you like, "What is he on about? Like, why is he telling me this? It's Bahrain. Come He's on, right. like."
3: <sighs> All right, we'll get we'll wow. get Bart we'll get Bart back, we'll back, back, and you can have a rematch. But
1: but I'm a bit scared. I won't lie. I don't want to do it again because
3: <laughs> you, you better not lose twice. You'd better not lose twice. But what what no, a quiz. Myself. What a quiz that was. That was a very, very long podcast. So if you're still listening, thank you very, very much. You deserve a medal. Please give us a five star on iTunes, because we've obviously entertained you somewhat because you're still here. Um who should I go for first? Jay, thank you very much for coming along and chatting all things F1 and witnessing Charlotte's humiliating defeat.
2: Dan, you've really been under the bus here. I mean, it was a pleasure being here. I'm not going to comment on Charlotte anymore. I don't want to make her feel any worse than she probably does. But thanks for having me.
3: Matt, debut show is over. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you for watching Charlotte lose. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was a blast to be here. And uh, Charlotte, we'll talk after the podcast.
3: (laughs) She's in trouble. Charlotte, thank you for coming on. I'm sorry that quiz didn't go your way, but that was just shocking from you.
1: Right, very quick. I didn't lose that much. I lost on tiebreak. Like, can you we just bear this in mind? You made a
3: howler.
1: Right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Um, this will probably be the last podcast I'm on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to start my new show that you'll find next week.
3: <laughs> Charlotte, uh, Charlotte's <laughs> News Roundup show, <laughs> new to Spotify.
1: Uh, yeah. And Apple um, I'm yeah. I'm very. I'm really sorry. Uh, I promise I'll do better next time, and I'm just gonna rewatch the Sakir Grand Prix and cry. So uh, thank you.
3: No, not the Grand Prix. Just qualifying. You just, you just need to watch qualifying. Um, we're not mad, but just disappointed.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm ending the call. I'm leaving the <laughs> chat.
3: <laughs> oh dear. Well, Charlotte. Charlotte's very unhappy thank you very much for listening to the podcast please do give it a five stars on itunes it really helps us out go and visit formula nerds.com formula twitter formula nerds facebook formula nerds on every social media platform we're there i'm going to put the video of charlotte's tiebreak loss on social media so you can see her reaction because she was very unhappy and she's sorry I'm happy now I'm getting some not very nice glances at me <laughs> thank you for listening we will see everyone for the Turkish Grand Prix review goodbye
1: bye
3: <laughs> don't pretend to be happy now don't
1: pretend to be I'm trying happy I've tried to ruin, <laughs> to ruin that, your podcast
3: that don't, don't ruin bird, my podcast we'll yeah. right, see everyone next week <laughs> goodbye
4: Podcast Network.